Welcome to Two Guys, One Book, where two friends tackle their reading list one book at a time. Hello, and welcome back to Two Guys, One Book. I'm Tim. And I am Brian. Today, this week, we are discussing The Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy by... Douglas Adams. Douglas Adams. Yep. Yeah. So yeah, I, this is a Tim pick, and do you want to ask me why I picked it? Tim, why <laughs> did you pick this book? Great question, as always. I was walking by a little free library, and I saw it, and I thought, hey, this is free. It's a book. Why not pick it? Uh, no, I think, you know, it's something I've thought about for a while. I've heard a lot of good things, and, you know, I'm always talking about how there's not enough sci-fi comedies, and this is like a sci-fi comedy, so, like... You know, why not, right? I feel like I feel like this is a book that I'm surprised that neither of us has had read before. Yeah, because it's considered like, like a pretty modern classic. When was it written? Like the 79. Okay. So yeah. It's pretty. It's been around a while and it's pretty popular. Right. right. It was actually a. It started as a radio show on the BBC. I mean, it 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 was the book came after that, so which I found interesting. Yeah, I think the radio show would have been interesting because all the weird names of like aliens and stuff that yeah. I'm sure we'll talk about. But yeah. also, I didn't realize this was like the first of like four of these. Are you for real? You didn't know this yeah. was a series? No, I thought it was like a one-off. Oh my gosh! Yeah, yeah this is this is the first of like four or five, I think. That's a long radio show. <laughs> or, or do you think it was just this one, and then he started writing, and he wasn't right? Yeah. It, it, it the Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. From what I've read online, is is an assortment of different um, creative uh, outlets throughout the years: radio show, book, then a TV show, then a, a movie, and all of these. Douglas Adams had a little bit of, you know, at least some involvement with mm-hmm. uh, up until his death while they were filming the movie in 2004 or something like that. And you didn't see the movie, did you? I have. I did see the oh, movie. Oh, what do yeah. you think? Well, I liked the movie a lot, and so I, 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 I heard about The Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. I knew what it was. I never read it, but when the movie came out, I had a friend that liked it, so we went and saw it, and I really liked the movie. So I was, but but knowing that it was a series, I knew it was a series of four books or four or five books. Yeah, and I was like, oh well, if I read the first one, and I like at the time I was just like, well, if I read the first one, that means I'm setting myself up to read five books. Like I, I didn't think <laughs> at the time like I could just read the first book and see if I like it, you know. <laughs> you were scared thought, of the commitment. Yeah, I was. Yeah. So that was back when I wasn't reading books as much either. So mm-hmm. uh, that was a good excuse to not read. But I liked the movie a lot. Um, I feel like the movie did unfortunately uh lessen the book for me a little bit because i think the great thing about like this book would have been so much more entertaining if i didn't know the little the punchlines and the little twists that along the way you know what i mean so even though you saw this years ago you still remember like these a, a few quips and stuff that right. were in the book and the movie Right. Well, because like in the movie, they have this big thing about the reveal of the answer to the ultimate question of, of life, the universe and everything. Yeah. And it's and it's 42. I mean, like you don't forget that, you know, I, I've heard that just in popular culture, too. Like, correct. Up yes. here and there. Yeah. Yeah. But I feel like so like approaching the Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy with a 
with a blank mind of not knowing that I think would have helped that whole build up. Cause he spends like a couple chapters of like explaining the history of these creatures created this computer to the super smart computer to calculate the ultimate, you know, the answer to the ultimate question and all this stuff. Yeah. Um, so I just, it was, so I enjoyed, I don't get me wrong. I still enjoyed the book. It just felt like watching the movie, even if it was those years ago, it left an impact on me. Um, mm-hmm. yeah. So I didn't, re- yeah, I didn't realize you had seen the movie. Uh, it definitely can change your perception of a book, but that seems like a hard movie to adapt because they're going to all these different worlds and stuff. I think who's that, uh, actor, Martin Freeman. I yep. know he was in it. I think that's a good casting choice for um, Arthur, Arthur Dent. Because, yeah, the main character. Yeah, he just seems like, you know, he's kind of typecast in a lot of these roles, but playing like the sort of hapless guy who's like, everything's going kind of wrong. Even like yeah. Bilbo Baggins, like I feel like <laughs> in The Hobbit, like, you know, it's kind of similar personality. Somewhat. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Somebody who's kind of caught up, swept up into the into the uh events larger than he is and he's just kind of like bumbling along he's like oh my oh my exactly <laughs> yeah. exactly well, yeah so. martin freeman fits that role yeah so what were your impressions of the book overall oh i very much enjoyed the book i thought it was oh it's such an easy read it flew by yeah. i i you know it, it's like 300 pages or, or close to it right mm-hmm. and i felt like it didn't feel like that at all um, I felt like it moved really quick and, and like he did a very good job of ending each chapter in a way, not even a cliff, not cliffhangers every chapter, but like he ended it in a way that you wanted to read what happened next. Yeah. So I, I, felt I like, like that it, was it wasn't it wasn't too predictable, like it kept you guessing and made you want to see what was going to happen. Yeah. Did you? Yeah. What were your first impressions? I mean, similar to what you said, I'd say it's an easy read and it's so unlike like I I can't think of any other book quite like it. So just the originality of it, I think, keeps it interesting and engaging. But I mean, at the same time, I've got a few critiques, as always, like. Sure. I mean, like, you know, it's hard with all the names of like aliens and planets and stuff he comes up with. Like you're trying to follow along and you're like, wait, so what does this mean? Like, why can they understand their language? But not there's, you know, there's you basically can't overthink it too much. And I think that's kind of the point of the book is like it's all kind of crazy anyway. So don't get too right. caught up on one thing. Right. right. Yes. Yes. And I feel like it kind of helped me. Knowing the history of of the origin of the book, like it was a radio show first, and, it, and my Kindle version that I got actually had a forward by the author saying how he kind of very much took it an episodic approach to creating this initially. Like each episode was written in sequence and with not really a big larger story arc in mind, mm-hmm. which I felt like that helped give me clarity on to his into his creative process which i think helped me like accept the book that it did kind of just seem like this happened and then this happened and then it just goes from here to here like when they get put in the escape hatch or something and going to get airlock in the airlock and being sucked out into space and like they get sucked out into space and then they get immediately picked up they get picked up like the odds of getting picked up out in outer space are like one to like to the power of 297,642 or whatever it is. Yeah. And they get picked up by the the heart of gold and its improbability warp drive or something. 
Yeah, that's that's a good point. It actually makes me accept it more too, like because it feels so disjointed. But if you think of it like a series, like in Star Trek, how each episode they go to like a different planet or do something, right? Like it's kind of similar to that. So you actually read this book instead of listening to the uh, audiobook? Yeah, I found it in a little free library, committed that's, to the to the text. Nice. I feel like this would have been a good book to listen to the audiobook, though. I think <laughs> I feel like they could. No, I know. Yeah, I, I know, think I'm I, opposite. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like you listen to these very very dense how innovation works. You listen to that. Yeah. Oh, you know, as you're there coding on your computer I, or I something. Got it and then, yeah. Yeah. And then a fun hitchhiker's guide to the galaxy. You're like, I'm going to read this one and struggle with all the alien and planet names. Yeah. Yeah. You know what? I didn't know it was a radio play. I just found that out recently. <laughs> Try to do more research ahead of time. Well, honestly, you're just cheap. You just found it in a cheap, in a free library and decided hey, you'd read it. Don't knock the little free libraries. Those hey, I'm not knocking the little free library. <laughs> I love me some little free library. I mean, can you think of a book quite like this, though? Like, I mean, you, you think about popular sci-fi. There's mm-hmm. like Ender's Game, I think, is somewhat on the lighter side. And you've got, obviously, like Asimov and like, okay, Ender's Game, not lighter. But like, the when I think about the audience, I don't know. When you think about it's, like... Asimov and stuff. Those are more intense, kind of older right. works, right. right? Yeah, and I think I think you're right. Like the Ender's Game is a like a young adult type, just more as- accessible, maybe more like like more easier to read. Um, but I, yeah, I don't think there's anything quite like this. I mean, my thinking, I think. Yeah, I, I wouldn't say there's any li- books that jump out at me that are like this. I think, you know, there's parallels to TV shows. Oh, I can think of one. Uh, Slaughterhouse-Five. Yeah. Oh, think, really? I think he's got a little bit of a Vonnegut vibe mm. to his to his writing. Yeah, I, I don't think there's that, the, like, edge that Vonnegut has. You know, the characters of Vonnegut's are, like, either bad or you don't like them or or like there's some sort of like nefarious background to some of the characters in Vonnegut right yeah no I definitely think their styles are distinct just in the sense like I I remember Vonnegut had like aliens like he invented randomly that like it was kind of like maybe had a little more purpose behind them but Mm -hmm. just in general being having like a sci-fi comedy Ben do it like those are only that's just one example I can think of yeah but I mean, I think of like other things like Futurama or Rick and Morty or I guess Spaceballs, maybe like those are like when you think when you say there's not enough humor sci fi, those are those are kind of what I think of. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I totally agree. And actually, one show I think that kind of got overlooked is have you ever heard of Other Space? It's created by Paul. Uh, how do you spell say his name? F E I G. He did like bridesmaids, oh. I think, and mm-hmm. like he was on the office or wrote for the office. Yeah, it's really good. It the only thing is it came on like Yahoo streaming when like everyone was trying to do streaming like a few years ago. So it just kind of I feel like went down with Yahoo like streaming video. Like they got a season. It's really funny though. It's basically Star Trek but ridiculous, and it reminded me a fair amount of this actually. Huh. So okay, cool. Shout out that's to a, that's things. a nice obscure reference. Yeah, I'm all about those. But you you don't watch Rick and Morty, do you? No. Yeah, Rick and Morty is probably the closest like popular fiction thing to this because they 
because they both involve traveling to so many different like planets and stuff. Um, I've seen like episodes here and there, but I wouldn't say I'm like a religious cult person like the way a lot of you guys are. <laughs> <laughs> it's a great show. You should you should you should give it a chance. I should give it more of a chance. I should. Yeah, you should. Yeah. You should. But all right. So so uh, do we want to break down what happens in in the Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy real quick? Yeah. You want to do like a brief kind of yeah. plot summary? I'll I'll try. To, you want me to take a stab at it? I'll keep it brief. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Arthur Dent is an Englishman, and he, the day the Earth gets destroyed, he is saved by another person on Earth who is actually an alien, Ford Prefect. Yeah. And Ford saves Arthur by basically hitchhiking, uh, hitching a ride on a spaceship that comes to destroy them. So Earth is destroyed. But Arthur and Ford find themselves on this spaceship, and then that spaceship they get kicked out of, and then they get find themselves on the Heart of Gold, which is a brand new spaceship with an improbability drive that the president of the galaxy, Zephod Beeblebox, uh, steals. And then Zephod also has Trillian on board, and Trillian is actually another human that he uh, picked up on Earth when he was visiting one time. So there's two humans left uh, that we know of, uh, Trillian and Arthur Dent. And, and Zephod and Trillian are also accompanied on this heart of gold with Marvin, who is a paranoid android, a depressed uh, a robot. depressed robot, yeah. Yeah, which I loved Marvin. And, and that's the thing. In, uh, in the movie Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, Marvin was voiced by Alan Rickman. Oh, uh, that that's a great casting Which as well. It was. It just gave it this like this that's deep, voice. deep, yeah. <laughs> sorrowful voice of like just brought everybody down. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and so these, so on the Heart of Gold, you have this band of characters, and they go to this planet in a binary star system that is supposedly dead, but this planet used to be house people that created planets from scratch and they could custom, you could custom order your planet and this, this these people would create it and they get there, but the, it, apparently the planet's not completely dead. There's some people still there and apparently mice are the most intelligent creatures in the universe. Is that right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah, earth mice were performing experience or <laughs> excuse me, earth mice were forming experiments on, humans on earth to determine the ultimate question of life universe and everything because they calculated the answer to this question of life universe and everything is 42 they just don't know what the proper question is and so they want to cut arthur's brain out to analyze it but then arthur and the band of misfits escape and then they fly away from the planet and the book ends right that's a good overview. It yeah. just it just sounds so ridiculous when you say it all together. Like, and you even left out like a fair amount of just crazy things that happen. Like, I don't know. It's just the whole point. I think is that it's so silly and over the top, right? Right. And I think that's that's what you wanted. I think the draw of people that of 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 writing and creating sci-fi, and especially in this case, it's like kind of silly, funny sci-fi. And I'm surprised why more people don't do it is because it gives you like free reign to just let your imagination run wild. Yeah. 
I feel like, too, the author very much embodies that kind of British wry sarcasm and sort of, I don't know how you say it, like, just attitude. and just Yeah, tongue-in-cheek like, and, like, just, tongue like, cheek. Yeah. yeah, yeah, which is great. I mean, and so, um, so yeah, so they kind of leave it open-ended, but, like, it, I mean, it concludes, you know, they, they get away, you know, but then they fly off and then go to more adventures in the following yeah. books. Well, let's step through it a bit, because, like, I know it bounced around being all episodic. I really liked how it started out with just Arthur's house was about to be demolished, right, by, like, uh, Excavator or whatever, or Bulldozer. And then um, the guy, Ford Prefect, right, is telling him the world's about to end. And, like, so none of it matters in the grand scheme of things. Like, the whole planet's about to blow up. And then they get on a ride with the spaceship of the Vogons, like you said. And then, like, the worst thing in the universe is to hear them reading their poetry, which is just yeah. so, like, silly. Like, I don't know. I thought that part was hilarious. Yeah, that was good. Because, like, the poetry is just nonsense and, 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 like, trying to create metaphors out of nothing or using these big words and different words. And it's just, yeah, it's, it is it is a very creative uh torture method <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah if you just think of someone reading you like their bad poetry like that's right. what the author thought of um yeah. as far as the characters i felt like arthur dent was great just like i don't know uh bumbling around like you said um ford prefect was kind of more like happy-go-lucky like i don't know just kind of laid-back hitchhiker just sort of bouncing around through the universe and that's kind of an interesting role yeah. um What's his name? Beeblebox? <laughs> like, yes. Zaphod? He was president of the galaxy, but he's just kind of doing his own thing, too. Like, right. Right. President of the galaxy was like more of a figurehead position. Yeah. I think. But um, because there's other people behind those scenes that pull the strings. Right. Yeah. But it's interesting because like Ford Prefect was played by Mo Steph in the movie. <laughs> really? Which I thought was a pretty good casting choice pretty different from what the character actually is but mm-hmm. you know that's okay um but i felt like i couldn't keep most death out of my head when when reading about ford prefect <laughs> yeah which was okay yeah yeah you had a, a different experience reading this yeah. for sure yeah. yeah um but no i mean i think there's just one passage i think that sums up how i see this book and I usually don't read quotes these days. So I'm yeah, no. <laughs> All right, go for it. So do you remember the character Slard, Slardy Bartfast? Yes. <laughs> Slardy Bartfast? That's yeah. how I would say it. Just like such a ridiculous name by itself. Mm-hmm. But uh, he's explaining to Arthur like all these things about the universe. And his job is to like, was to design parts of planets and stuff. He keeps talking about how he designed Norway on the Earth and about the fjords. I thought that was funny. Um, yeah, so, okay. What does he say? Um, Arthur's asking him questions, and he says, Perhaps I'm old and tired, but I always think the chances of finding out what is really going on are so absurdly remote that the only thing to do is to, say, hang the sense of it and just keep yourself occupied. Look at me. I designed coastlines. I got an award for Norway. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Why do you like that quote, Tim? I, I think it just sums up the book and life pretty well. It's just like, at the end of the day, like, nobody knows what's going on. So just keep yourself occupied and, you know. <laughs> and enjoy life and, you yeah. know, enjoy silly little stories about 
going like Earth being ex- blown up and and exploring the galaxy yeah. with these crazy characters. Yeah. Yeah, because if you try to analyze like any one section of this book too much, you're just like, what's oh. the point? Like it's yeah. too kind of silly. But yeah. no, it's a it's a fun read though. I feel like this is. Uh, you think um, you think you will read the next books sometime? It's one of those things where. It'd be nice to, but it's not. It wouldn't be like high on my list, I guess. Yeah. Unfortunately for me, I just read the third Lord of the Rings book. Like I had, I never read the Lord of the Rings, and so I just finished the third book this spring, and it took me a year to read all three books because I had other things I wanted to read. Like that's the unfortunate reality is like when I go to pick up my next book, am I gonna want to read basically more of what I just read? Or what am I going to be wanting to read something else? And I'm probably going to want to say I wanted to read something else. You like to mix it up. I do. Now, I feel like Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy in the whole series is probably pretty easy to pick up where you left off, you know? Yeah. Like, I mean, really, there's only, like, five main characters, four, maybe? You know, mm-hmm. so, like... the they're going to be back in it and everything they're going to have crazy adventures that go to all these different planets and have their, you know, crazy times. So like, I don't feel like, I feel like I read the next book like two years from now, whenever, you know? Yeah. It's probably a good book or series to like come in and out of and yeah. chapter by chapter, you don't need to remember what was going on so much mm-hmm. before. Right. 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 But I was very entertained and I think I will eventually read them all because I would like to know where everything goes from here. Yeah. I can't imagine how much crazier it, it can get. Like we already yeah. found out the meaning of life and that was so funny. <laughs> no, like, what they designed we, this computer. Wait, what were you we, we know the answer to the yeah. ultimate question. Yeah. Like it's so silly. Like I keep saying that, but it's ridiculous because the computer, it took like millions of years to just come up with this answer for you to do. <laughs> And they're yeah. like, oh, we should ask what the question is. And he's like, oh, well, you we can't do that. Or like, that's going to yeah. take <laughs> yeah. another however long. <laughs> yeah. I know. And so that's that was all Earth's purpose. Earth's whole purpose was to determine that question of the ultimate uh, of of. But life, then it got destroyed. It got destroyed yeah. right before. Right before it was ready to reveal the, the question. The question. Yeah. yeah. It's kind of like Jeopardy, you know? Yeah, we had the answer. We know we just we just need a question. <laughs> I think it got hard for me towards the end when it talked about the mice being like these super smart creatures, like because I I was having trouble envisioning like mice actually talking and like like I wonder what that looked like in the movie, like how they pulled that off. Yeah, I forget some. I forgot that part. You remember the little jokes, but you don't remember the talking mice. I guess nope. it, it was around when Stuart Little and everything came out. You know? There's a lot. There's a lot going on in the world of. I tell you what, man, that that book though, Stuart Little wrecked me, man. Really? I didn't oh know yeah. It was based on a book. Is, what you didn't? It, no. Is it like a classic work of literature? Oh yes, yeah. Stuart Little is like an old book, been around for decades, and it's yeah. I read it when I was like twelve or something like that. Is he a mouse it's, or a rat? He's a mouse. They wouldn't oh. make him a rat. Rats are ugly. Not not mice are cute. Ratatouille, though. Popular movie. Ratatouille. Ratatouille. Yeah. So when you're reading a book Mm -hmm. and there's funny moments in that book, do you laugh out loud? (laughs) I do. See, it's funny because I know we're going to have different answers. 
Um, I for myself, I do like a little chuckle or breathe strongly through my nose. But for you, I think you're the type of person to be like a knee slapper and like a big hearty chuckle. <laughs> like, <laughs> am I wrong? Oh, you think so? You're yeah. totally wrong. Really? Yes. Oh, you do a little smile to yourself and. I I hardly yes I will I will smile and go huh yeah like I for whatever reason when I'm reading like unless it's like really funny yeah like like I don't know I mean I cannot tell you the last time I remember a book that actually made me ha 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 laugh out loud well most books aren't like that they're most books are just depressing and uh... well no 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 I think it's also for me at least reading something off of a page mm-hmm. it's you know like. I don't want to say two-dimensional because I feel like there's very good authors that can make works of fiction or, or nonfiction come to life. But like, to me, it's just, it's just, it doesn't have that, you know, but thing. like it doesn't have the, the punchline doesn't land the same way for me when I'm yeah. reading it off the page. I think it's harder reading comedy versus like hearing or watching it because right. yeah, like there's something about tone and delivery versus doing it in your own head like exactly what, what's like the funniest i'm trying to think like what are the funniest books you've read before not even sci-fi just like any genre or comedy if that's the well yeah. I, I remember this is weird but i think um oh like lucky jim was some book yeah i know it's some obscure book by some british author it's supposed it was supposed to be like a funny book and I read it, and I just felt like the guy was kind of like, or how about Confeder- Confederacy of Dunces? You know, I tried, I like slogged my way through that. Mm-hmm. and I did too. I, I enjoyed parts of it, but I also felt like it was a little too much and redundant. Yeah, I agree. I feel like in spurts, it's really good. I think I think the writing is fantastic, but like, it's supposed to be like, haha, funny at times. And I'm like, oh, like... To me, it's like the character wasn't really that likable. So, like when he's in positions where he's being a goof I'm, or being like a, he's kind of like a Michael Scott, like early office, where like he's mm. he's obtuse and puts himself in these weird, uh, awkward situations. But the guy is not that likable in right. Confederacy of Dunces. So oblivious. Just, yeah. yeah. So like. I mean, like that's that's I guess that's the best example of a book that's supposed to be funny, and I I read it and I appreciate that it's a well written book, but like at the same time, like I didn't really laugh out loud that much. Yeah, I can think, I think of I, like David Sedaris maybe or like nonfiction. Yes, comedy. I you know what I think you're right. I think Calypso when we read Calypso, David Sedaris, that was probably I probably laughed out loud at that book more than any book I can remember in recent memory. Nice. Yeah. So I, I that's how much I like David Sedaris because because for his his writing is just like you're you know somebody's telling a story almost like you can it flows so well and so naturally that it just yeah like he's got the delivery down he's got mm-hmm. the wording and punchline and everything right or right. not even punchline but just no, like yeah. the situational humor kind of it's the storytelling know. yeah storytelling yeah yeah yeah. So, I mean, but, like, at the same time, I can appreciate when something is funny and written, but, like, I just, it, I think you're you're 100% right. So, some when you communicate it, when you hear it, it's, like, some sort of tone or timing or something that just, for me, gets lost when I read it. 
Yeah. So that's like extra kudos to the authors who can make you laugh by writing because I think it's extra challenging. <laughs> that's right. Yeah. Or I'm dead inside. I was kind of thinking that too, but <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure people laugh at books a lot more than our podcast. So <laughs> I think, I think that's that. accurate. <laughs> yeah. So um, what would you change? Would you change anything? What, what could what was the drawbacks to this book? Uh, again, I would just say it was a bit like disjointed, but it makes more sense knowing about the background being episodic. Um, mm -hmm. I don't know, maybe just like more easy to understand, like, uh, character names and, and a little more Marvin the robot. Cause I thought he was really funny. A hundred percent agree. Yeah. I feel like the movie really, really, uh, highlights Marvin more because I mean, I don't think he's in it more than this book, but I feel like you just appreciate him more because it's the timing and everything uh, for when he has these down depressing statements. Um, I wonder, it's a little bit like C-3PO. C-3PO is more upbeat, like optimistic, obviously, but as, as far as like, you know, little lines here and there, yeah. I think. Um, C-3PO is still a little panicky. Yeah, panicky. Marvin's a little but more not depressed. depressed. Marvin yeah. is just straight out depressed. Yeah. Do you think this book and the author were inspired by Star Wars? Because like seventies, that's just when it. I don't know if it was before those movies came out. That's an excellent question. I did not look into or read anything about the connection between Let's, Star Wars and Hitchhikers. Let me Google it. Hitchhikers right. Guide published date. You said seventy seventy nine. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, Star Wars original trilogy release date 77 77 you don't know that tom or tim <laughs> <laughs> you don't know my name <laughs> come on yeah so this is fresh off the heels you know it makes more sense now thinking about it mm -hmm. and so he basically stole all this stuff and uh now he did his own like space balls kind of thing mm -hmm. what would you change good question again like i for whatever reason i resist that question you brought because, it up. <laughs> well, I, I just know you like that question. I, I you, You've you been the only one who asking it for the last, like, five episodes. Oh, really? Yeah. I don't know about that. I stopped asking it because I was like, maybe I'm too critical. And then every time, <laughs> you're like, Tim, what would you change? I'm like, I'm trying not to think like that anymore. But you keep bringing it up. Okay, okay, okay. That's okay. How about you this? Can... How, about, how about we put a moratorium <laughs> on what we would, quote, unquote, change. Yeah. And we now say, what did we dislike that's a better way of framing it because like obviously the author wrote it how they wanted to write it it's not fair to be like change this you know what i mean we could just say like i like this part i didn't like that part as much right right and i and i think i agree with you like it just seemed to jump around sometimes um but i enjoyed it i th i think overall it's a good book good fun read um anybody who likes sci-fi would enjoy this for sure what would you yeah. rate it then my rating is a four. Me too. What's your rating? A four as well? We we don't agree super often, I, I think, at least uh, lately. I would no, do it. That's yeah. right. We haven't lately because you pick some bad books. <laughs> hey, this is a good one. I this is a good one. one. You did well. Yeah. I'm glad. Thank you to whoever put that in the little free library. <laughs> Maybe you flew out here and just kind of. <laughs> like, I heard you walk around these routes. Let me put all the yeah. books I want to read right here. <laughs> that's a good idea. Can you send me your walking route? So I know what free little free library to I'll mail the neighbors some books. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, that's good. So I, I just will leave this our end our conversation about Hitchhiker's Guide 
with a quote from Marvin. Life, said Marvin dolefully, loathe it or ignore it. You can't like it. <laughs> Great. Nice delivery, yeah. too. Yeah, that was, thank that you. Oscar worthy. <laughs> yes, I, I agree. More 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 Marvin would be nice. And so that that's one thing I feel like reading the next books might uh be enjoyable to to see where these characters go. I like the characters. And I think yeah. that was another strong point. Right. I think bottom line, we love like character driven books, or at least I do. Yeah. Yeah, you do. And uh <laughs> And it had and it had plenty of stuff going on and creative things that I enjoyed. Yeah, like good world world building and 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 creating all these characters, aliens, crazy aliens, and other planets and stuff, which is always nice. Yeah, yeah, that kind of hit both of the themes that we like. I think yeah. not. I wouldn't even say as much character development, but just like good characters and um, very creative and original. And we'd recommend it to. Yeah, absolutely. Everybody. So what we're reading next? Mm-hmm. We're going back to nonfiction. Oh boy, we're reading Everybody Lies. Big data, new data, and what the internet can tell us about who we really are by Seth Stevens Davidowitz. Davidowitz. <laughs> Davidowitz, yeah. Sounds good. Yep. So in, um, so in the meantime, everybody go to our website, twoguysonebook.com. You can comment on Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy or our next book, Everybody Lies. Tell us what you think, and we'll maybe share your thoughts even. Yeah, I'd love to. Yeah. Yeah. So until next time, keep reading. Keep reading. <laughs>